0: Welcome to the Redeemer Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're listening today. At Redeemer, we are committed to connecting people to God's transforming love, and I hope that this podcast is just one more way that you connect to God's presence this week. This past Sunday was our Student Sunday, where our student teams got to lead and serve and teach the entire church. We love the next generation here at Redeemer, and we are so excited to see what is coming through these young people. So here is our student pastor, Wopsle, sharing the message from Student Sunday on November 22nd, 2020.
1: Well, good morning, Redeemer family. Man, it's good to be together. My name is Wopsle. I'm the student and family pastor around here, and um, today is Student Sunday. And so if you are here in person, you were able to see the uh, some of the kids leading worship we're from our student ministry, of course, Macy and Uh, And Noah were were helping, but also there's even people behind the scenes. You You were greeted by someone young when you came in, and even the lights and the computer and everything are being run by young people too. So even places you don't know that are being influenced by our middle school and high school students They're all being influenced right now as well. I just want to say on behalf of all of us, thank you. Thank you, worship band, for kind of letting us infiltrate your Sunday morning and be a part of what it is that's going on. If you're joining us online as well, thank you for plugging in. And I hope that you get to hear a little bit about the heart of our student ministry today. But more importantly than that, in the bigger picture, hear something about the heart of God and his heart for discipleship today. Um, you know, I wanted to point out that our lead pastor, Adam Barnett, you haven't heard from him for about a month now, and you may be wondering why that is. Well, I kind of just wanted to point out that we just got through doing this series called Ships, where we looked at different aspects of the discipleship of a life of a, of a believer. And we had these four different areas that we did, and Adam intentionally um, shared his pulpit with people that were kind of experts in that area. I think it's really cool and really humble of him as a leader. The, week one was stewardship. And giving to the church right so we had the chair of our finance committee share that day week two was citizenship so we had our senior pastor uh, founding the pastor of this church who is certainly someone that we could all learn a lot from when it comes to treating other people well he taught on citizenship he's also an elected official uh, in his previous you know work and so that was good um, week three we had fellowship and we had a, a man with a PhD in the Old Testament share he's also our Sunday school guy around here so Daniel did a great job articulating that and then last week we had our worship pastor come and teach about worship and if you were here, you saw she had a dissertation that was about this thick, right on top of her thing the whole time, just to flex, just to make sure everybody knows that she knows her stuff. I, I, I forgot my dissertation. I didn't have a place to put it, so it's, uh, it's in the other room, but uh, you, you can find it on Twitter later. It's real short. It's only about 100 characters, so it's really easy. But, um, but I think it's cool that Adam intentionally had these kind of experts within our church. There were lay people, there were part-time staff people, there was the man that founded the church, and one of our more, more recent hires all got to share. And so if you, if you have time and you want to go back and just get a good picture of some, what, what does Redeemer feel is important for the discipleship, um, the SHIP series would be a great place to go back and, and, and watch. And so now today is Student Sunday, and whereas I, I don't think that anyone would consider Wopsle an expert on much of anything... Um, I think Adam realized he hasn't been in student ministry for over 13 years. And so he, he's probably not quite as in tune as he thinks that he is anyway. And so he said, well, so let's you t- talk about the students. And so I'm here to do that today. This is the second Sunday, the second student Sunday. Last year was our first one. And if you were here, you remember I told a story about an old man in my church that I was in, uh, whenever I was in high school, we used to do something similar to this. And this old man's name was Bill Porter. And, uh, uh, when he came in the back of the sanctuary that Sunday, but we had student Sunday, uh, he saw the guitars. He saw that the youth pastor was gearing up to preach, and so uh, sweet old man Porter turned around and watched himself right back out of the sanctuary. He said, "I'll be back tomorrow or be back next week," and he left and went home. And so I was had my eye on the door to see if anybody walked in and saw me with my headset and walked out. And I didn't see anybody walk out. And if you were online and you logged out, I couldn't see you, but the Lord did, and He's not pleased with that kind of behavior. When you log out, just because Wapsle's preaching, I hope that you're still with us. What I didn't tell you last year about Bill Porter is that uh, Bill's grandson, Matt Porter, was my youth pastor all through my high school year, someone I'm really, really close to still to this day. And when I think back to Matt Porter being my youth pastor, I think about the things like we had Wednesday night church, and we had a full meal every single Wednesday night. It looks a lot like our Wednesdays do under normal circumstances around here. We had small groups on Sunday nights that we had to come back to. that was really impactful. We even had Sunday morning big church is what we called it where the youth would all sit together and pretend to pay attention while we passed notes and um, doodled in the hymnals. Um, So a lot of what the church looked like back then pretty much looks like it does now today. But can I tell you what made me want to follow Jesus in my teens? There is a, a, a specific thing that I could walk you to right now and it is a corner booth at Ken's Pizza in Prague, Oklahoma. Because you see, every week uh, we had Sunday morning church that Matt would have to come there for, and Matt lived about 45 minutes away, so he didn't want to go all the way home just to come back for small groups, right? So he would go to Ken's Pizza, and we'd sit in the same corner booth, and I didn't have anything better to do, so I started going to Ken's Pizza with Matt, and we sat there from noon until 6 when we had to go back to the church for small groups. For six hours, we would just sit there and eat pizza and just drink way too much Dr. Pepper and just talk about life. And then after small groups got done about eight, guess what? We were hungry. So you know what we did? We went back to Ken's Pizza and sat in that same booth for another two hours. I'm telling you, I spent more time in that booth with Matt Porter than I did like, in all of my biology classes combined. And if you want to know why I, just, why I felt like following Jesus was something that was worth my time, it's because I sat in that corner booth with my youth pastor, Matt Porter, every Sunday for four years of my life. And what I think is important for us to realize about that is that discipleship, not just with young people, but discipleship with anybody, with peers, with anyone that we're discipling, but also with young people, happens in between the scheduled programming things that we have discipleship of our young people doesn't just happen at 6 30 on Wednesdays when we have a sermon up here discipleship happens actually way more effectively than in between times I couldn't stand here and tell you a single sermon that Matt preached to me I don't know what he talked about at Sunday school I barely remember the songs that we sang back then but I remember Matt taking the time to be with me around that booth at Ken's Pizza every week lasting discipleship actually happens in between our scheduled times much more effectively than it does during our programming and so today I want to share something that is applicable with everyone hearing this all ages all stages of faith wherever you happen to be this message is for you today and I want us all to I want to help us all understand our role in discipleship not just to the young people but to all new believers so to do that we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 10. So we're going to start out where Jesus is talking to just a small group of his disciples. And and this whole chapter is his charge to the 12 disciples. Kind of the first time he's sending them out to go do the ministry. So we pick it up in verse 1 with this call. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Then it goes on to list all the disciples and it kind of says a few more things that are Important, but not important for today's. And then kind of his his intro into this charge, he finishes with verse 8. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So this is the job description, right? This is what he's calling them to do. Go out and do these incredible things. And if, if God told you to do something, and this was the job description he gave you, you're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and drive out demons. You would be like, this is epic. Like, I'm in, Lord. This is like the biggest, craziest call you could have ever had on me. I'm going to go do all these big, huge things that are going to like, everyone's going to be in awe of. And I don't know about you, but I've been following Jesus here recently in my life, and, and I haven't raised a dead person. and. I haven't healed any leprosy. I haven't even seen any leprosy, thank God. And so, so I, I wonder, if you could just wonder, well, what are we supposed to do with that then? Here's something I think is important for us to realize, that the, the power of God in our lives and the call of God on our lives hasn't changed since the day uh, of, of, that Jesus was charging his disciples. We have the same access and, and we have the same job description, but I do think that the spiritual climate that we serve in has changed a little bit. I think this is evidenced by the whole middle section of that scripture is jesus warning the disciples about how, how dangerous it's going to be for them to follow him and do the things that he's told them to do in that big middle section there's some things like this jesus says they will hand you over and flog you in the, in their synagogues he goes on to say when you are persecuted in one place flee to another place he's, he's telling them about how dangerous it's going to be to carry out this call and whereas the the big middle section isn't relevant maybe to my sermon today what i learned just in study of that thing is this is i'm so thankful for the season that we serve the lord in for the time and the place we have it so much frankly easier than most people throughout history have had it to say yes to following jesus it's not going to put most of us in danger to do that and for me personally my my challenge has been maybe the lord should get my yes a little easier than he does sometimes. Uh, considering to what disciples I've had to say yes to in the past. So after all these instructions and these warnings, um, he, he wraps up his charge with the last three verses in Matthew 10. So that's what we're going to hone in on today that I think is very applicable to us right where we're living, right where we're doing ministry. Uh, so we're going to pick it up in Matthew 10 verse 40 when he's wrapping it up like this. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me so he's saying if anyone welcomes you into their homes then they're also welcoming Jesus into their homes right so the the sermon today is called just the call for Jesus's disciples the call for each and every one of us that would call ourselves the disciples of Jesus and here's the first thing that we get from verse 40 the first job is just to connect people with God We just need to connect people with God. If someone welcomes you, then they're welcoming God. You've heard phrases like this before. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. You've heard that, right? Uh, Maybe you've heard something like this too. You may be the only Jesus some people see. I kind of said that in a little bit of an old lady voice. I feel like that's grandma's advice and it's good stuff. You may be the only Jesus people see. These are both good things, but they're not necessarily in the Bible. But Jesus did say something similar to that, I think. Look in John 17, verse 18. Jesus says, as you sent me into the world, he's talking to his father here, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Isn't that a great challenge? The same reason and purpose that Jesus was sent here for, to connect God's people with God, is the same reason now that we are sent out into the world to connect people with with God when someone welcomes you then they're welcoming God so the the, the key there is is our, our obligation then is to offer people an opportunity to welcome us in right offer somebody that, to hang out with us is basically all that it takes I hesitate to bring this up because when I was writing this sermon I started a few weeks ago and had no idea that it was bedlam today and so um, so I'm going to use an illustration about me being a fan of OU, and I will say right off the bat, as an OU fan, even I can agree that that wasn't an interception in the first quarter that hit the ground. But either way, um, I want to tell you about, a little bit about why I'm an OU fan. So, uh, whenever I was in high school, I started going to church pretty regularly, and there was an old man in our church named Cy Kahanic. The best name that I've ever seen. An old, old Czech guy from Prague, Oklahoma that went to our small Methodist church there. And so I could tell that I was coming to church with a r- little bit of regularity. He could also tell, you know, he, he knew that I was, uh, m- my family wasn't all that well off. And he also knew that I didn't have a father figure in my home. And so I kind of pieced all this stuff together. And, and so I assumed probably that I had never been to a college football game. I'd never even thought about a college football game. I would never watched any college football on TV. It, it was the farthest thing from my mind. I didn't care about it. But Si wanted to give an opportunity to hang out with me, and so Si invited me to go to an OU game with him early in my high school years. It was the mid-90s, so tickets were pretty easy to come by, but he did. He invited me anyway, and I remember now that I'd never been to a college football game before, and so I wasn't really sure that the protocol, but I knew I wanted to look cool. And so I did what every Christian teenager in the 90s did, and I put on my VeggieTales shirt. You guys remember those shirts? It was bright green, the whole thing, and it had big VeggieTales eyes and a big smile, there was one for Larry and one for Bob. Well, I had the Larry one. And so I wore this to this OU game thinking everyone's going to know that I'm cool and know that I love Jesus. And that's all I care about. And so I showed up in this bright green cucumber shirt just feeling really stupid. I'm in a sea of crimson and I'm just this bright, I stand out so bad. And the whole time I was just like, I can't believe i wear this stupid shirt. Like I was so self-conscious about it. Cy did never ever point that out, but I think about that game and then because I went to that game with Cy, well, then the next week I wanted to something to talk with him about. And so I followed the team a little bit. I'd ask him how it was going. And I, the only reason I followed OU football was so that I had a reason to talk to Cy on a Sunday morning. And Cy didn't have any obligation to do this. This wasn't a program that our church had put together. Cy saw a young man that was hurting and that needed some help offered an opportunity for me to go to the game with him we rode an hour you know all the way to the stadium set together he bought me nachos which is the way to my heart and then uh, drove all the way back i spent this whole day he gave me his whole saturday and that little bitty bit of an older person in our church that had no obligation to me but caring about me made me feel so welcome made me want to go to church and it gave me a connection to somebody that i would have never had a talk with before so our first obligation is just to offer an opportunity to somebody that if they say yes to then we're going to start spending some time around them and so then jesus goes on to say okay so once you make that connection in verse 40 in verse 41 he says whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. There's kind of a lot of word jumble there. I think kind of boiled down, he's just talking about how we're acting at this point, right? Talking about being a prophet, being a righteous person. So the second simple step that we have as a call to being Jesus' disciple is just to be a blessing to others. We're just called to be a blessing to others, right? Jesus, he kind of layers as a second layer. First, just offer an opportunity for someone to hang out with you. But then if someone takes you up on it, just just act like a Christian. I mean, it's, it's not really all that difficult. The first example he was is give a prophet. Maybe that just mean, might mean something like help them to understand that things are going to get better. Help them to see an outcome other than the one that they're focused on, right? Maybe not literally prophesy over their lives. Maybe just help them understand that 2020 is going to come to an end. And the other example he gives is a righteous person. What does it take to be a righteous person? I, I don't think we can make this too simple. I think it's just act right. Don't judge, don't be mean, don't cause harm. Just act right. Act like we're supposed to act, not only as human beings, but especially as disciples of Jesus. I saw a quote this week that said this. It says, everyone's talking about putting Christ back in Christmas. I just want to see Christ back in Christians. Listen, don't be mad at me. It was some guy on Instagram. Okay, he said it. I didn't say it. We can all be mad at him together if you don't like that quote. But man, that hit me so hard. Like, we're we're thinking big picture. Oh, we've got to, you know, put Christ back at Christmas. But what if we just walked around acting more like Jesus instead of less? So Jesus is saying, inviting people into an encounter with you is inviting them into an encounter with God. So if they say yes, just act like Jesus in their presence. Just act righteously. Just be kind. Just listen to them. Just care about them. So then he finishes with one more verse. is one last piece to this puzzle of discipleship. Verse 42, he says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So it starts with connecting people with God. It goes with just acting right. And the third one is this. is Guys, we, we just need to think small. We just need to think small. It's not some grand act that's going to wow everyone. We just need to think small. I want to put that verse 42 up there and break it down for a second. First of all, let's look at the who on this verse 42. It says, and if anyone, if anyone... So if you're thinking that you may not be uh, called or you might not be qualified, guess what? There's no limits to this promise in verse 42. You don't need to be a pastor or a missionary or a professor. You don't need to be ordained. You certainly don't need a seminary degree to qualify. Anyone can answer this call. Everyone should answer this call. And then he goes on to the what, right? If anyone... Gives even a cup of cold water. So that's pretty simple, right? Let me give you a little test. Do you you have a cup of cold water? Or could you get one if I ask you to? Well, then congratulations. You're qualified for discipleship. You're called to the army of God. It doesn't take this big grand thing. So maybe more practically, can you help move a piano? Cool. Someone might need help doing that. Can you like cook a meal or something and help somebody with that? Think small and just do it and help someone. Can you help your neighbor rake leaves? Then I'll give you my address when we get done because my trees have gone crazy the past few days and I've got leaves everywhere. I need your help. Um, think small about what are some areas, what are some things that I can do that are so simple but that will show someone that I care. And then lastly on verse 42, let's look at the recipient. Who are we doing this to? To one of these little ones. So if anyone, that's all of us, gives even a cup of cold water, does something small to one of these little ones. Well, since today's Student Sunday, it would really be a good point for my sermon if this was about the young people in the church, right? The kids and the students. But it's actually not. That's not who Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the least, both inside and outside the church, the potentially lost in the crowd kind of people. He's talking about little ones in the faith who are new to faith. And we all know that there's no age limit to when that can happen. People that need Jesus are everywhere and they look like every different possibility out there. And Jesus is saying we've got to look for the little ones in the faith. So so Jesus isn't talking only about young people, but it's important to realize he is talking also about young people. And so this this is true for all of us. If we are looking for people our same age, stage, that look like us, that have the same interests as us, then we're probably missing it you guys. God's probably got a blessing for us that involves us ministering to people that don't look a lot like us. Let me give you an example. Under normal circumstances around here we have Sunday school, right? We have Sunday school for adults, we have Sunday school for fifth through twelfth grade, and we also have nursery for the little kids and then programming for the first through fourth graders. All happening all Sunday around here. Not everyone hearing this message is called to forego your personal Sunday school experience to serve with the young people of our church. We don't have enough room. If every one of you said yes to that, we wouldn't have enough room for all of you to serve. So not everyone is called to that. But guess what? Someone is called to that. Someone is called to say, you know what? I've been growing really great for a long time. It's time for me To just show up and give a cup of cold water to a young person in our church. And so listen, if you don't start teaching young people tomorrow, that's that's okay. Um, But just please consider how you should engage someone, whoever it is that God has put in your life. And again, I would just invite you to consider how you as a church member can engage the youngest people in in our church I want to end with just a couple of stories real fast. The first one is one I just read in a book, but I think it was pretty compelling. It's about a guy named Bob. and This book was about how can a church engage the young people in the church. So it seemed like a pretty good book for me to read. And Bob, he had uh, really active kids in sports. And so whenever they got up and they graduated high school, Bob was used to go into a whole lot of sports stuff every weekday, every Saturday. All of a sudden he had all this spare time. And so he was like, what am I going to do? And so he went to the youth pastor of his church. And he said, hey, are there any kids that like don't have a support system showing up to these games. Maybe there's like one or two kids that play soccer um, and I could go, you know, watch their game and cheer for them. The youth pastor said, yeah, we actually have a lot of those. And he gave him this big long list of students who didn't have parents showing up to their games. And so then Bob was like, this is way too many people. So Bob started getting together a bunch of his friends. So they made this whole team of people that divvied up this list and adults in the church that didn't have any kids on the teams started showing up to these games to cheer for the kids that just went to their church, so Kyle will be on the field and he'd be like, "Is that Bob? Is that the guy that sits on the the third row in the second service?" And Bob would be like, "Go, Kyle!" And he's like, "How does he even know me?" And then the following Sunday, when they'd get, Bob would be like, "Hey, Kyle, great, great goal, man! You know, whatever they scored in soccer, like you did a really, really good job." And all of a sudden, these connections began to be made where these young people that didn't have a great support system had caring adults in the church showing up. showing them that they cared and it changed the landscape of that whole church and i'm willing to bet that bob would tell you that it changed his life too let me give you a little bit more of a personal example i uh started really i started going to church in middle school really got committed whenever i was in high school and i i was showing up to a lot of stuff and um there was a lady in my church named barbara and barbara noticed me kind of showing up to stuff and she could tell she knew my family wasn't all that well off and um you know probably couldn't have paid for me to go to lots of things and so she went to the youth pastor and she said hey i see wopsle um will you make sure that anything he wants to go on the rest of his high school career he gets to go on and i'll pay for it well matt porter my youth pastor he never told me who it was he just came and he said hey Wapsall, whatever you want to go to i'll take care of it and so i said okay then guess what i want to go to Literally everything possible. I went on every mission trip, every summer camp. I went as a leader. I went to college game days. I went to like everything possible all the time, and it was all paid for. And I never found out who was doing it until the right toward the end of my senior year of high school. And then Matt said, "Hey, you know all these times? It was it was one person. It was Barbara that saw something in you before you saw something in yourself. It was Barbara that paid for every opportunity." Because she believed that if she could provide Wapsle with fifteen opportunities over the pe- course of his high school career, that maybe even if just one of them mattered and made a difference in Wapsle's life, it would be a worthwhile investment for her. And it did. And you know what Bob and Barbara did right? I think the the, the commonality between those two stories that I love. Is that they let the Lord speak to them and they came up with something to do that they felt like the Lord was compelling them to do. And then they approached a church staff member to say, hey, who can I do this for? Or, hey, I'm going to do this. Because if you feel compelled to serve and you come up to me and you say, hey, Wapsle, where can I help? I would love for that to happen, but I'm going to be thinking practically I'm going to tell you what small group leaders we need or where our Sunday school holds are. I'm going to tell you when we need people to hand out pizza. These are all really important things, but that's where my mind is automatically going to go to. I'm going to be thinking in a totally different arena than what God may be actually calling you to do. But what if the Lord speaks to you in a way that you come up with something, that you have the idea but you don't have the target because you don't know who it is that fits that criteria, and you come into me and say, I feel like I might want to minister to this specific person, then I can say, well, here's a list of people that fit that, fit that criteria. A church, a healthy church needs Bob's and Barbara's, I would argue, more than they need another wopsle. And so I'm going to invite you to respond um, directly today in one or two ways. The first one is this, is I just want to just encourage a young person that you see in church. Maybe someone that you saw serving here. There will be some out in the lobby too. Just say that you're glad that they are here. Um, next Sunday, there will be some here too. And listen, right now, young people have an excuse to miss church more than they ever have before. If I ever get on to them, they can just say, I can't come right now because my parents said no. And it, that might be the right call for that family. And we have to support that. So the ones that are coming are, are making a tough decision. A lot of them are getting them, themselves here. Please just tell them that you're glad that they're here. And the second thing is this, is we have in the lobby today, actually we have um, some students and some some of our student staff sitting at a booth. We've got a little bitty sign-up sheet that you can just let us know that you feel like you might be interested in something. There's even a, a box you can check that says right now, I'd love to start serving now. Or you can say, I'd love to start serving later, meaning like post COVID. Someday we're gonna be over this and we're gonna be trying to put together some things and we will certainly need a lot of personnel that day. There's actually four areas you can check on that thing in the lobby. You can check for the nursery, for first through fourth grade for middle school or for high school if you feel like you might want to serve but you don't know where go ahead and put that on there and we would love to touch you to touch you with you about that we can also go to redeemertulsaorg kids today tomorrow online anywhere that you might be hearing this just fill out a little bit of information just let us know you're feeling called and then let us reach out to you about that listen friends jesus called his disciples to the ministry of making disciples and it's the same thing that we're called to today and if you say yes to serving a young person in our church in some way, to connecting with them to inviting them in to hang out with you and then just acting like a normal good person and then finding a way to serve them, if you're willing to do that then friends at the very least you might get to set their college football preference for the rest of their lives but you know what? There's a chance. There's a chance that that young person is going to grow up. And someday they'll be standing in front of a group of people telling that group about the difference that you've made in their lives. And I don't know if every one of us will get to be a Barbara in someone's life. But I know that whenever we say yes to the Lord, we invest in the areas that he's called us to invest in that we trusted Him for the harvest. And whether we see it or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it it's a young kid that needs some help. That's some hope. You can find that in the Lord through us. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. We love that you first loved us. God, we we think back right now to the men and women that you've put in our lives to influence us, to to lead us, to shape us, and we're so thankful that we are the people we are today because of those people that you've brought to us. God, right now as we look around, God, I pray that you would show us peers and co-workers and neighbors and young people and nephews and whoever it might be, God, that we would say yes to discipleship, that we would just invite people to come be a part of what we're doing God, that we would just be kind to them. We would serve them in hopes that you do something miraculous. God, we commit our whole entire lives to you. Let us be, uh, let it be a life that is reproducing disciples for your sake and for your name and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.